Coming to you from Brick House in downtown Brooklyn, this is 112BK. On the show today, a special episode-long conversation going against the grain. Two New York City women who push back against some of the norms and expectations that define their communities. Hi, and thanks for joining us today. I'm Ashley Ford, and I'm joined in the studio by producer Ross Tuttle. Hello, Ross. Hello, Ashley. Ross, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm really, really excited. Yeah? Yeah. That's good. This is our last show for the season. This is our last show for the season. Mm, yeah. A little sad. It's Bitter, a little bittersweet. It's been, bittersweet, it's been, yes. It's been a good, good season, I think. It has been, yeah. Next season will be even better. Yes. Yeah. So today we're doing things a little bit differently, mm-hmm. trying out this episode-long conversation. Mm-hmm. We're devoting it to a single conversation with two women, defiant women who challenge norms in their communities, trying to improve quality of life for them and others like them. And it's nice to be having this conversation on the birthday of a paragon of women's and girls' defiance, talking Mm -hmm. about Malala Yousafzai. Yes. 21 years old today. 21. Happy birthday, Malala. Happy birthday, Malala. Wow, six years ago when she was shot by the Taliban in Pakistan for advocating for... Education for girls. Yeah, I mean, she she's really a special individual. You know, fortunately, the stakes I think people are dealing with here are not as high. No, no, we are not at that point yet. I think, you know, every once in a while, there's this conversation that happens where one side says the other side is catastrophizing and everything's okay mm-hmm. and the other side says no we're going to hell in a handbasket any minute mm-hmm. and the truth is always somewhere between those two points and always different at mm-hmm. any given time in right. our history feels like there are a lot of different hells though that we could be there going to there are a lot of different hells and i think people have to decide which hell they want to fight today Yes, that's true. Can we go off script for one second? Yes, we can. I know we're talking about strong women, mm-hmm. defiant women. I want to talk about a defiant and strong man. Skyscraper comes out this weekend. Yes, it does. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And they're talking about this being a knockoff of Towering Inferno yes, and it's not the Die same. Hard. But no. say no more. I mean, even if it is. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but what this brings me to is, and I don't believe I missed this, but last year this effort to recruit, to draft <laughs> Dwayne Johnson to run for president. Yes. And I think, and my brother-in-law told me about it this week, and I was like, what, how did I miss that? And I think it makes a lot of sense. Why does it make sense, Ross? Well, look, I mean, he's a guy who he's already, you know, he's defeated The Undertaker. He has. He, he defeated John Cena. He <laughs> defeated Triple H, right? Who am I missing? I don't know. Booker T? I mean, look, he, he's vanquished <laughs> all of these really, really tough foes. He has. I think, I mean, he's a guy who's got compassion he does. I think he can defeat Trump, and he already has the song written for his victory night party. What's that song? You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? It's okay. You're, You're welcome. welcome. Yeah, yeah. So, there so you he's have a demigod. It. He's a demigod. Who's come to help us out. Totally. Restore the heart of Tafiti. With dancing tattoos. With dancing tattoos. Yeah, I mean, that's the rock I know and love. Coming up, our conversation with some norm-breaking women who do not have dancing tattoos, but really are worth your time. I think it's 
safe to say we've all been in a situation, at least once in our lives, where there have been expectations that we will follow a certain set of rules, a certain path that doesn't quite feel right. In some instances, and for some people, those constraints can be so dominating until we can find a way to free ourselves, if only a little, to create new space for expression, to rewrite rules, to push back against norms. Our next guests are both doing this in their own ways. The common thread is that they're both pushing up against centuries of tradition, using the tools of social media and the internet to do it. And they're trying to help others find a little freedom in their own lives in the process. We welcome to the show Zuleya Kai, a Muslim single mother of two trying to revolutionize dating in her community and also being the director of sales and marketing for Muslim Girl, the Brooklyn-based website. Thank you for joining us, Zuleya. And from Brooklyn's Orthodox Jewish community, Adina Miles, a.k.a. Flatbush Girl, founder of the marketing agency Flatbush Media. Welcome to 112BK. Thank you. Welcome back to 112BK, girl. Yes, okay. Can you both give us a brief bio really quickly? Can we start with you, Suleika? Okay, so I am a single mother of two, survivor of DV. Mm-hmm. I am Turkish, Muslim, American, New York, born and raised doing it for myself. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> That's what I love. Adina. I am a storyteller, mm-hmm. and I like to use my storytelling talents to invoke thought and challenging authority. Yes. Yes, you do. And Adina, since the last time you were here, some things have changed for you. You're running for office, right? I am. Talk to me about that a little bit. I had a client who approached me and asked me to help him with his marketing campaign for his campaign for district leader. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, tell me a little bit about that. Yes. Something about it just resonated. Right. And he was like, oh, well, you know, you can run as female district leader. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. And so now you're also running. Yes, as I am submitting leader. my petitions at the Board of Elections this afternoon at 5:30 p.m. I have 3,000 signatures. Look at hey. that! Hey. <laughs> and um, the requirement was only 500 signatures, but I overdid it. That's how I do everything. Um, right. I also do it in order to make sure if anything's like challenged that mm-hmm. I have like a real a huge buffer. Right. Yes. Okay, we're going to come back to that sure, a no problem. bit because I really wanted, there were some things we talked about when you were here last time, and I wonder about that while running a campaign, especially with photos right. and photos yes. of you. Yes, once I'm confirmed that I'm on the ballot, I have my posters ready to go to be hung up like within store windows all around right. town, and I have a feeling that they're going to be ripped off. Yeah. But I have a feeling that I'll be able to do some good marketing with that story. Yeah, that's absolutely (laughs) true because all attention works. And as somebody who knows quite a bit about marketing, Zuleya. (laughs) I try. You try, (laughs) but you do. Talk to me. You know, you talked about being a single mom. You talked about, you know, sort of dating. Why is that a challenge? Oh, gosh, you know, we were speaking outside before we came in, and I tried to kind of explain this in the best way possible. So there's a lot of first-generation American Muslims who are in this scene, right? There's some second-generation, too, but most of us are first-generation, and we don't have a proper template or model or framework to follow. We have, like, we have maybe two examples. One is the Orthodox version, and then we also have the non-Muslim counterpart that we grew up around. And there's a lot of gray space and a lot of middle ground and a lot of us don't know what the heck we're doing and so like you know initially I would say things like you know I'm redefining this but no I'm actually defining it like I'm building this from the ground up oh how does that work (laughs) because I mean one of the things that I really like to do in my writing in general 
is to shine a light into like those gray spaces and right. those gray areas. And I know you do that a lot in your work as well, um, in your comedy and in the thing. You shine a light on those gray areas that people don't always want to talk about. You know what I mean? Like it's it's important work, and I think we're all doing that work. But with you specifically, and with that that kind of building, like who's with you on that wow. journey? Like that's a question <laughs> for me as well. Like. Who's part of that building process? Because so, you can't do it by yourself. Oh, heck no. Can no, you? No. Okay, all right. I'm trying, I'm trying. So here's the thing. So a lot of women who look like me, what I mean by that is like a visible Muslim woman, right? You know, a lot of us are very traditional mm -hmm. or traditional-ish, right? So there's this concept of ayyub, right? Which means that like something that is culturally inappropriate, right? Mm -hmm. So for a Muslim woman who kind of, you know, wears the headscarf, it means something, right? It means that you have to speak a certain way, even laugh a certain way, look a certain way, mm -hmm. do things in a particular way. But when I think about it more and more, I'm an American Muslim also. We don't know what American Islam is right now. Mm. Like, that hasn't been established yet. And so this particular area, like, I feel like there's so many other things that we can probably kind of combat and, and kind of build. But this particular, I know about. I've been doing this for a little bit, uh, researching as I go along. And you had mentioned, you know, am I doing this alone? So I guess I can say right now I'm, like, the in the forefront, like the voice of this or maybe the, the image of this, and I'm starting off. Like, this is just literally starting off. You have to have me right. again when this actually yeah. picks up. <laughs> so there are people in the background, right? You know, guys and girls that I'm interviewing, that I'm getting their opinions on, I'm, I'm doing research on it, asking these questions, and some of them are, are afraid. They're mm -hmm. afraid to voice their concerns, to even admit that they're dating, you know? Right. I have a couple of divorced single mom friends as well who are also Muslim, and they won't even get on apps because they're worried about the ridicule. They, they won't even, like, openly say that they're looking because they don't even feel that that's a space for them to even enter into. Wow. Yeah. We're just as good, sometimes better, than our single, right. you know, non-married, you know, counterparts. Hey. I mean, I'm looking at you and I'm like, if somebody's looking for a date, that seems like the right one. Um, a question that I have for both of you, actually, is, like, at what point did you realize or sort of feel like I've got to diverge in some way from the path I'm on right now and from like a certain expectation, you know, about how I'm going to live my life or what that's going to look like. How about that's we start a with question. I think more for me is that, you know, I've encountered so much resistance from within my community regarding like, you know, the social changes that I'm trying to make or even at least the conversations I'm trying to start. And like, I've lost so many, so many clients. I recently posted a picture of myself with a transgendered friend and I put it on my Instagram and I just wrote like LGBTQ with like a heart. Mm -hmm. And I, the next day had one of my best solid, consistent clients call me and say, I'm sorry, we have to, like, we have to pull out. Like we can't continue working with your company. Wow. Yeah. And of course, like, I don't betray, like, their identity or things like that, because it's not about that. Like, you know, right. but just showing the fearfulness out of which everyone is operating within the community. It's, it's a, you know, oh, I don't have an issue with it on a personal level, they right. say, but it's what the, what's the community going to think? But then you're basically feeding into the problem. Like, why yes. aren't you taking a stand? Be the company right. that stands alongside me. Why not? Like, rise right. to the occasion. But right. I guess it's a fearful position for them to be in. Yeah. So, anyways, I just felt like, I think I need to, you know, use more than just social commentary and humor mm -hmm. to communicate with the audience. Maybe right. if I go through a channel that people take more seriously, right. 
then the words I say won't be like, oh, she's just an attention right. whore, she's just trying to stir up trouble, right. you know, and so I guess that's why I'm trying to, like, pivot a little bit more into, like, the political realm mm -hmm. to show that I'm really serious, and, like, the role I'm trying to, you know, the position I'm trying to go for is a volunteer position. Right. There's no taxpaying dollars going towards me. I've invested so much money even trying to campaign for this. Right. And I think that shows a certain amount of commitment of, yeah. you know, it's, you're here to do the work. I'm here to do the work. I'm not lazy. I have my team. I'll put in my own money. You know, right. I'll do the fundraising that I need to do. Give me a chance and try to just take me a little more seriously. Have you always been like this? No. No? <laughs> no, not at all. Well, when, when did you, like... That, I guess that's what I'm like, at what point right. were you like, who I am right. is not consistent with who I'm expected to right. be. And so I'm going to be who I am. Like, how does that happen for a person? I guess maybe I was always like that. Yeah? Yeah, I think I was born that way. Yeah? yeah. And you just stood up for yourself. Oh, yeah, I was always talking back to my parents. <laughs> yeah. I was always challenging them. Right. I was like, don't tell me what to do. Yes. Yeah. Were you always like yeah. this, Sue? Like this. What do you mean by this? But you're so dynamic. From the moment you know, yeah, from the moment you stepped up in yeah. here, it was like, oh, she's a dynamo. She's yeah. dynamic. And it just makes me wonder, you know, like, like how did you decide, like, no, I'm going to date. <laughs> like, I deserve yeah. and I want and I'm going to date. Yeah. So I guess I was. I've always been. My parents used to make fun of me and say, you know, are you so-and-so's lawyer again? Are you this one's lawyer again? Because I would always, no, because I, I saw a lot of, interestingly, I wasn't brought up in, a, like, a traditional kind of Muslim household. It was mm -hmm. a secular Turkish household. You know, we identified as Muslim, but we weren't mm -hmm. really, we didn't practice. Right. And so, but even then, like, there was a lot of sexism, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it bothered me that guys, even with in a Tur Turkish culture, not Islamic, but mm -hmm. at the time I didn't know the difference, right. that they got to do what they wanted to do, but girls couldn't. And mm -hmm. so, and it was beyond that, obviously, if I was in, you know, if I was at the park or something and someone did something wrong, like, I was the first one to be like, you can't hit her, yeah. you know, like, you yeah. know, so, so yeah, but I will say that when I got married and I decided to live the ultra-Orthodox lifestyle, things kind of changed because my partner, my husband, he was extremely abusive and I went through mm -hmm. a lot of trauma. I think that therapy is so important. Mm -hmm. um, I've been working on myself for three Three years, I still go to therapy every Wednesday. Hey, mm -hmm. and it's I, I've transformed, and, and I think I'm better than I used to be pre-marriage. And so I do know when when I kind of was like, I'm gonna own this, and that was in December. And I kind of had the help of my girlfriends because so. This is kind of how it works, right, in the Muslim world. Like, you'll have, like, aunties kind of approach you. Mm -hmm. Or, like, guys, like, slide up in the DMs. And, right. you know, and I'm like, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. And so I made a post about it. Like, look, mm -hmm. I'm not ready. I'll let you know when I am. And so I had a lot of people kind of contact me, like, Z, they call me Z. You're not going to wake up one day and think that you're ready. You need to put yourself out there. Wow. And I was like, you're right. And so I did. That's <laughs> and so, yeah. And that's so, so recent, and you've come so far in such oh, a short you have time. I streamline my stuff, girl. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm on it. Yeah. So since, and then, you know, but I mean, uh, so the whole dating aspect, I mean, it's, it's a huge problem in our community. Mm -hmm. Like we, we don't know what we're doing. You know, right. we don't know what we're doing and people are depressed. They're sad. They're lonely. They're traumatized. They're traumatized. Right. And we can't blame our families. They came here for, to live the American dream. They came here for better opportunities. Right. And so while they were struggling, you know, trying to survive and provide for us, they didn't have the opportunity to teach us about love and about marriage about intimacy and how to be and a lot of us came from really traumatic households too where there was yeah. abuse and sexism how do you unpackage that trauma how do you even know to do that and so that's we're seriously like at the 
like the foundational level right now. Right. And there are not a lot of people who are talking about this all the time. I'm always checking. You know, there's like articles that come out and there's videos that come up. But who is really tackling this? Mm. And especially someone who looks like me. And I mean, and not right. just looks like me, but I'm single mother of two. Right. I'm in my 30s, although I'm forever 27. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes. Forever. And, right. Forever, right. ever, and ever, because I work on myself. But I'm Turkish. I'm also part Kurdish. I'm a Muslim, but I'm a New Yorker. I'm an American. Right. And so, so what does that mean? And and it's not just my voice that should be out there. Like there is a lot of room in this space for. We should all be talking about this. We should all be kind of coming together to work on this. And so I think, you know, like I'm putting myself out there. I yeah. know that there's going to be a lot of backlash, a lot of problems, but I'm ready. Mm -hmm. I'm ready, and my intentions are pure. I want to help people. Yeah. I want to help people. I like that. Like, I like the conversation starting as. I mean, that's honestly why I like the both of you so much. Because more than I think either of you are trying to be right or trying to, like, push a certain point of view, you're, both of you are more so like, why aren't we talking to each other right. about right. certain things? Right. And how do we talk to each other about that more? Right. I know you're the single mom of two kids. Two boys. Two boys. <laughs> you are a married mom yeah. of two boys. And you've been married for 12 years. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that Bless I noticed, her. I watched a video <laughs> um, of, of going in with Brian Vines. They did an interview with nice. Adina and with quite a bit of her family. Was fun. And it was so much fun. But one of the things I noticed about your husband specifically, mm -hmm. and I love this because my fiance tends to be the same way, is he is just 100% down for you and incredibly yeah. supportive. Yeah. So and when they ask him about, you know, some mm -hmm. of these more traditional things that you don't adhere to, he's like, why would I, you know, for him, right. it's like, why would I, look at how amazing she is, why would I try to change this? You know, I actually went to a <laughs> Jewish courthouse yesterday for the first time and it was, it's this very ancient sort of tradition where rather than using the non-Jewish court system, sometimes if you have a dispute with your fellow Jew, mm -hmm. you go to the Jewish courts and they use the Torah to decide how to, right. how to like, you know, make a judgment. And it was like these three men, mm -hmm. you know, with the long curls, with the black hats. Oh, yeah. And they made me do this procedure where I like lift a handkerchief to indicate my submission to the verdict that they give and it was very whatever and throughout the process of me giving my testimony and my opponent giving her testimony I was just being really tough with them like really mm -hmm. tough I like they were saying at one point oh well we're not going to give a verdict we're going to think of the most peaceful way to do it and I was just talking back and being like no you need to show us that you have what it takes to make a verdict like do right it, you yes. know and I was just being it was being a little bit emasculating them, you know, mm -hmm. showing them like, you know, we're female, we're listening to you, you know, maybe a female can't be a judge, but right. and I when I came home and I was telling my partner over the whole story and telling him all the ways in which I was giving them like that attitude out of disrespect, you know, like Yeah, just like asserting yourself. Yes. I was like, and Come like, on guys, in your, your Yes, exactly. absolutely. And he was like sitting there, he's like, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was doing. Yeah. Yes. And so just on that, you know, I think he's enjoying the show. Right. I think I love that. That's I love so important, that. Though, but that it's seems so like important, it. especially in like you know this, these religious spaces. I don't want to call it that way, but you know, traditional traditional spaces. Mm -hmm. It's it can make or break you. It can make that's or break so you. So true. And like that's for him to be like your number one cheerleader, like on the front lines with you. Like that's such a blessing. Thank Bless you. you guys. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I actually like. It. Do you guys have any questions for each other? You know, this I is do. something that I'd love to. Hear. Okay. I do. So I've heard that there's a, a similar tradition within the Muslim world having to do with like 
when women are menstruating and then there's separation from their their husbands during that time and then the reintroductions through some sort of like cleansing process because I know that we have that sort of tradition and I'm just wondering in what ways maybe it might overlap in a way that's you know respectful you know just to understand sure I, I like you know thank yeah. you for asking that oh, first and thanks. foremost and everyone else who's watching whenever you have a question ask us yeah. <laughs> ask us okay so with regard to a woman menstruating sometimes there's different rules according to different methodologies you know but from the gist of it is from my understanding is that when a woman is menstruating she, she can't have sex with her partner so mm -hmm. that's like the one restriction the biggest restriction is that she's not allowed to be intimate what about kiss, just like physical touch? totally physical oh. yes yes girl definitely not of that you just can't have intercourse and you can't have oral sex what about the, anal sex yeah no so that's a no-no from the get that has oh that's not allowed at all wow. <laughs> that's not allowed at all yeah anal sex is not allowed at all so yeah so sex is off the table when a woman is menstruating she doesn't have to pray five times a day and mm -hmm. meaning like she doesn't have to do the physical kind of right. uh, you know the, one of the pillars of Islam is praying is it because so. they're trying to be like thoughtful of her like yes. extending herself physically exerting yes. herself yes. physically or is it because maybe is it I'm sorry just the no, no, negative you say it. I know what you're gonna say like is it because now like she's dirty yeah no no, 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 okay. no, no. It's, it's not because of that. It's definitely because it's like a mercy. So mm -hmm. Islam is oh, very okay. much a mercy in a lot of its, uh, most of its rulings. So it's a mercy for the woman so she doesn't have to fast, she doesn't have to pray. And you can obviously speak to God and you can mm -hmm. pray to God, but not in that. Actually, I actually have friends who do the physical aspect of it, but like they, they'll still do it, but like they're not required to do it. Isn't that yeah. interesting? Because they feel yeah. like they're, they feel, they, I've been told that they feel like something's missing in their day when they don't. So I was like, ooh, you know, that's really interesting, right? Huh. So, so yeah, so there's no separation of the bed. There, you can still hug and kiss and, and all that stuff. But after that period is done, uh, like literally after the period is done too. Yes. <laughs> no pun intended. No pun intended. After it's completed, you do do like a ritualistic kind of, uh, it's like you shower mm -hmm. and you just intend to kind of purify yourself. And so, and that's just, it's, it's like cleaning yourself and right. making sure that you don't, that you're not on your period again. Like there's like different rulings. Like I said, methodologies again, where like, you know, if you see like a, like a little discharge that has color versus if you don't, like it gets mm -hmm. into, you know, small technical things like this. But like once that ritualistic cleaning is done, you get to it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I did not know that so, with, so it's a little more strict from where I come from. I mean, obviously there are many right. different methodologies, but right. in addition to the five days, mm -hmm. once that fifth day is complete, you need to do an additional seven days of waiting. And during that, the 12 days, <laughs> you're not allowed to do anything. You can't touch. You have to separate your beds. You can't even pass things to each other. You can't even pass a cup. And you shouldn't use terms of endearment like, ooh, or love, or sweetheart. Because it's enticing. It's enticing. Mm -hmm. okay. And then there's not just like a ritual bath at home. There's actually a bathhouse. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's very procedural. There's actually like a checklist you need to go through. Did wow. you do one through 30? And then you have an attendant who takes you down into the bathhouse. Yeah. yeah. This, so, neither of these things happen in Indiana. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you might be if there's a ethnic community there, um, I bet it does happen. Okay, there you, you go. You just might not know, you know about what's it, funny? right? We don't really, uh, in Indiana, we don't have, for the most part, Hasid people until I moved here. Um, and you also don't see very many Muslim folks in Indiana. I know what a couple of you people see, from Oh, I'm sure, but you yeah. just don't see it a lot. <laughs> like you just it. don't. You absolutely do. <laughs> we had we had both a mosque and a temple oh. in my hometown. 
I just never saw anybody go into either of them. Oh, I wow. never did, just to be perfect. Like, you know, yeah. But, like, I mean, this is so funny to me that you it's guys are talking right? about this because we don't have that at all. I don't have sex on my period because I don't want to. <laughs> Right. I'm like, don't but look at me. You would never right. think to ask either, right? Because you don't know that there are other kind of traditions out I there. Didn't you would know. never know. I did. You would know. never and know. And then also, when you hear the stories, especially as someone who is not part of either community, the people who are usually telling you about them are people who aren't part of them either. And right. they get stuff right. so wrong that you're like, I don't even believe because exactly. like you don't know. <laughs> they're not insiders. You know, they're not insiders. They really don't know. But that's Would why it's you? so important to speak up. Like that's why it's so important. That's why I'm always saying, ask me. I, ask me about my headscarf. Ask me about why I wear this or I do this or I say that. Right. Like I want to have that dialogue. I want doors to be open. And honestly, majority of my friends, both male and female, feel the same way. I like bet. learn it from us. Like we have voices that should be heard, <laughs> and other people shouldn't be speaking for us who have nothing to do with us or don't know anything about us which is happening all, the all time. day every day people girl. who have all the right intention right. but aren't actually right. talking to the people right. from the communities would you have any questions for Adina? gosh let me think um how did you meet your husband did you oh. date <laughs> i want um, all about it so my aunt and his brother got married like my mother's <gasps> sister and his brother got okay. married and we met at their wedding so i was like we were nine and ten Oh yeah. My gosh. Okay, so was the courtship from like because you said you got married at eighteen, right? Yeah. So was there like no? A the, it was more like really just we felt like we were cousins or whatever, okay. and then I guess once we went through puberty, it changed. It's like oh yeah, we're we're actually not related, and yeah. that is fantastic. Thank goodness that's the case. I know those. Trust me, I I grew up in a family in Fort Wayne. I come from a very very large family, and our thing was. You know, Ashley, do not date anybody seriously until you bring them around the family and let us look at them. Ooh. Because there's a good chance they are your cousin. That's very because our because of how our family is. <laughs> so just make sure you bring them around and let them look at us. And there were a few times when I had cousins who would bring a guy around who they had been seeing, and our family would go, "Oh, what's your name?" And they would say, "Oh, it's this." And they would go, "Oh, is your grandma such and such?" And they would go, "Yeah." And they would be like, "Oh, that's nice. I love her. She's the nicest lady in the world." <laughs> I love it. Sure, cousin, don't do it. Thank you, ladies, so yes, much for sitting great. down so and having this conversation us. with me. I hope I can have both of you back soon together, yes, apart, everything. Because you all have She's so amazing. much going definitely. on. You guys are Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you, Ashley. And that's the show for today. And that's the season for us. We're off until Labor Day, and we're going to use that time to take a breath and work on making the show even better. If you have any suggestions, want to be on the show, or just want to say hi, please email us at 112bkcomments at brickartsmedia.org. Have a great rest of the summer, and we look forward to seeing you in September. 112BK is hosted by me, Ashley C. Ford, and is written and produced by Ross Tuttle. Also produced by Fred Brown, Shireen Barghi, Ariana Rosas, Naeem Van, Tyrese Hester, Kritzi Roberts, Emily Bogosian, and Sarah Grachowski. It is edited by Clinton Filson Jr. and Kyrell Palmer. It is recorded by Eric Hagasek and Antonio M. Rosario. Our theme music was composed and produced by Brad Parker. And our executive producers are Assis Aisham, Jonathan Leaf, and Sasha Mathias. <laughs>